everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good. I'm glad to see you all. I'm glad to see you. If you're here for the very first time, would you raise your hand or shake your finger or let me know? Hey! Hey, first time folks. Welcome. We would love to have you come back. We hope that this feels like a beautiful experience for you. We'd love for you to feel like you're at home. So thank you for coming today. And for all of you who have been here lots of times, hello. It's good to see you as well. Don't be feeling left out. Uh, I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister here at Middle Church. And there are so many things happening in the life of our community right in here. Let me lift up a couple uh, for you. One is that our 17th, I think, annual justice conference is happening again this April. April, I know, 17 years. Um, April 28th to 30, it is called Freedom Rising, uh, Dismantling Fascism with Fierce Love. You can get tickets online and tomorrow, in honor of President's Day or Black Women, pick one, um, we're having a flash sale. And that is a deeply discounted ticket price of $119 from $199. Now, middle people, I know you, Raise your hand, middle people who come to the conference. Y'all be like, we're just going to wait. It's going to be March 15th, and they're going to have a sale. No, that is not true. There will be no more droppage of fee. Say it with me. No more droppage of fee. So if you're feeling like you want to get the middle church disquinto, now is the time to get it tomorrow. Somebody say it with me. Now is the time. Now is the time. To what? Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Get your tickets now. All right. There's some more things to tell you. I was a little distracted by my humor right there. Um, today, our wonderful Mira, I don't know if you all have had the pleasure of knowing Mira Sawani Joyner, who's our, I'm, I'm talking about her. She's amazing. She's doing a class today on everyday love and care post-worship. And she and Natalie are over there healing the world with love. So anyway, Mira, raise your hand one more time so they can see you. Okay, you want to do that with Mira. Pray to rise this week. We can't believe it's almost time for Lent. But uh, I know, right? It was just Christmas. But um, at 8 o'clock in the morning at our Pray to Rise, we'll be doing an ashes communing. Um, and also uh, in the afternoon at 12 o'clock on the corner of 7th Street and 2nd Avenue, our clergy will be there to give ashes to anybody who's coming by. So if you want some drive-by ashes on Wednesday, we'd be so glad for you to stop by and get some hugs and some loves and some ashes. And also, if you want to pray with us, we have Pray to Rise at 8 o'clock in the morning that day. Um, so there's a lot happening in the world, and you are happening in the world as well. So I want to invite you to take a deep breath. Think of all of the ways that the holy love, all the goodness is showing up for you. And never forget what God is doing for you. And Wayne Wilson is going to help us to sing our opening hymn. Please stand if you're able and join us and welcome our gospel choir. Woo! glad to be here today did God wake you up this morning in your right mind are you standing because you could be someplace else you know what I'm saying I looked at the Sun and I said thank God I can see the Sun and I feel it on my body and I'm coming here into the house of the Lord
like Toad. Hi, Frog. Oh, I got your invitation. Best Mardi Gras party ever! You're coming, right? Well, I can't. What? Frog, you gotta. There'll be chocolate cake. And I've come up with a new guessing game called Secrets of Life. Toad, the invitation says Wednesday. I know, I know. Mardi Gras normally falls on a Tuesday, but you have Coin Collecting Club on Tuesdays, and Percival has Tai Chi, so I decided to have the party the next day. Toad, Mardi Gras always comes on a Tuesday. It does? But... The next day is Ash Wednesday. Why don't we celebrate both at the same time? You know, best Mardi Gras slash Ash Wednesday party ever! Toad. Yes, Frog? Do you know what Ash Wednesday is? Um... It happens on Wednesday. Yes. At church? Yes. Mm, think, Toad, think. Oh, I know. It's the day we get ashes on our foreheads. That's right. And Ash Wednesday is the first day of what liturgical season? Uh, give me a hint. No, wait, uh, don't tell me. Uh, thinking, thinking, almost got it. I give up. Lent, Toad. Ah, Lent. Mm -hmm. Now you see the problem? Uh, remind me what Lent is. It's the church season leading up to Easter, a time for contemplation and prayer and fasting. Some people add a spiritual practice, like volunteering or yoga. Oh, I remember. It's when I give up eating chocolate. Precisely. So if I give up chocolate, I won't be able to eat cake? Precisely. Then I'm not giving up chocolate. But what about your guests? What if someone coming to the party has given up cake? I'll serve cake and lemon meringue pie. Wait, what if someone has given up Pie or, or lemons. Oh, frog, this is so confusing. And this confusion is exactly why I cannot attend your party. Oh. Frog. Will God hate me if I have the party on Wednesday? Oh, Toad. No, you know God always loves you no matter what. I know, but I want to be a good toad. Well, toad, toad, God doesn't care whether we eat chocolate cake on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. God cares about what's in our hearts. Oh, that makes sense. Some people, like me, make a big deal about the church calendar because, well, because we like tradition. Doing the same thing every year, like celebrating Mardi Gras on a Tuesday, helps me feel more at peace. I understand. And sometimes we choose something that maybe might not be the right decision. Like having a Mardi Gras party on Ash Wednesday? Or not going to your best friend's party. But that doesn't make us a bad person. It just means we missed a chance to be a better person. And with God, we always have a chance to be better. I think I get it. But what about the party? Well, unfortunately, until someone shows up, you won't know what, if anything, they've given up for Lent. Until then, it's anybody's guess. Guess? Guess! That's it! We'll make it a game! Guessing game? It'll be called Secrets of Lent. We won't tell each other what we're giving up for Lent. It'll be a secret. During the party, we'll watch what each person is doing for clues. And, and, and what they're eating and how they're behaving and stuff like that. So, like, if they love chocolate, but don't go near the cake. Precisely. <laughs> then, 
Based on those clues, we'll guess what each person gave up for Lent. But what about if they added a spiritual practice? Hmm. We'll play detective and ask questions like, Have you or have you not recently made plans to acquire a new yoga mat? I love it! Does, does that mean you're coming? Wouldn't miss it! Yay! Best Mardi Gras slash Ash Wednesday party ever! <laughs> and stand with me. Siblings, friends, stand with us for the prayers for the people. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh God, we come with palms together and with hands raised. We thank you for presence and being. There is turmoil in the world and there is turmoil within still. But now we quiet our minds and we center our hearts and we still our bodies now. Let us listen for a word from you, for you are still speaking. We lift up those in the world affected by war, natural disaster, violence, and conflict. You know where. And let us heal the land. Our soul still looks back in wonder of how we got over. Oh God, we know with all confidence that prayer changes things. And oh God, we ask you in remembrance and celebration, we remember the lives of Ayanna Moore and the Reverend Sandy Stone. Oh my God. We lift them up and we remember Achebe, God, work it out. Work it out, my God. Our community is grieving and mourning losses and wrestling with challenges and shifts, oh God. And we look to you, we look to you to order our steps and to continue to be a lamp upon our feet. Help us in this time so we are able then to do the work, but to take time to rest and revive and refresh. So great I am as we move towards the Lenten season. Please let us know that a healing is ahead and that our pain can transform into power, witness, and forward movement for justice. Let us make sure that healing is priority and that love is our bomb. Let it be so. Amen, amen. and amen. Dear friends and siblings, at this time, let us do the Lord's Prayer in a way that you know best and that can resound. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And now, friends and siblings, it is time to pass the peace safely, lovingly, and mindfully. The peace of God be with you. Amen and amen.
I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing till Jesus comes. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing till Jesus comes. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves in my heart. I'm gonna sing to the Spirit, moves. In my heart, I'm gonna sing till Jesus comes. I'm gonna pray the Spirit moves in my heart. I'm gonna pray the Spirit moves in my heart. I'm gonna pray for the Spirit moves in my heart. I'm gonna pray till Jesus comes. Wow, that was amazing, choir. Thank you, Robert. That was beautiful. Y'all are singing, aren't you? Aren't you, Gospel Choir? You're not messing around, are you? Uh -uh. Wayne just told me that he loves our church. a couple things to say you know before I preach and some of it's sad so let me just let me just give context on Sandy Stone our beloved Reverend Sandy Stone one of one of my first friends at Middle Church um, I'm so sorry to say that she passed away and I know that that just makes you want to cry and we should she's a light that feels like death can't distinguish uh, extinguish but she had a stroke in December and has been having some diminishing health since then and Passed away about two weeks ago. We've been in touch with Elise and the kids and gave them, um, they had a very quiet burial ceremony uh, last uh, week, this week, earlier this week. And they'll be doing a memorial down here in New York, probably here uh, in the spring. So we'll make sure you know all about that and are able to celebrate her life. So keep them in prayer. And Achebe Powell, our, our mama Achebe, has been struggling with um, severe COVID for about six weeks now. And she fought, 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 was in the hospital, still fighting, but I'll be leaving uh, right after I preach to go, um, to go spend some time with her and Linda today. So keep uh, Chebe and Linda, Megan Kirksey is her kind of adopted granddaughter, and uh, Michelle, her healthcare, just keep that whole family in prayer, okay? And when I say all of that, I, I then also want to say that this week when the Martin Luther King Jr. Center was honoring a black history. They honored y'all, middle family. They honored us, middle family. And 
um, it's, it's, if you go to their website, if you go to the Twitter or the Insta, they have a series of posts that they've done where they've celebrated Diana Ross and they've celebrated um, black history icons and they also celebrated your pastor and you uh, on their website as people who are living the Kingian way. And I want to tell you in the midst of our grief and in the midst of our crazy and in the midst of our rebuild, people are able to still see our light shining. And I just think that's y'all and I just want to say thank you. So, I, so I'm really sad about Sandy and I'm really sad about uh, Achebe and I'm really happy about the work we're doing and all those things are cooking at the same time in this Gemini body this morning as I preach. So please pray for me. Um, and yeah, let's, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The text today comes from uh, Exodus, uh, the 24th chapter, verses 12 through 18. And all the lectionary passages today are about mountaintop moments. So that's the name of the sermon, Mountaintop Moments. What happens when we get up on the mountaintop? This is the NRSV version. Can you all hear me okay? I'm forced to stand still-ish today because I didn't put my mic on. I'll try to be still. Um, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. And I will give you tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for the people's instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up on the mountain to talk to God. To the elders, Moses said, wait here for us until we come back to you. Look, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, God called to Moses out of the cloud. Now, the appearance of the glory of God was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the Israelites. But Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, amen. How proud was I when, as a little kid, I memorized the so-called Negro National Anthem, which became the Black National Anthem in my lifetime, as Negro went to Black, lift every voice and sing, with poetry by NAACP leader James Weldon Johnson, set to music by his brother John Rosamond Johnson. This stirring ballad was sung for the very first time by 500 school-aged children in Jacksonville, Florida on February 12, 1900 to celebrate President Lincoln's birthday. Say the words with me if you know them. This first verse, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmony of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the roaring sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has those children in my mind's eye, children of recently emancipated black people with strong backs 
and expansive hearts, singing a song of hope as resistance to the crushing weight of the white supremacy at work in their lives. Can you imagine those little babies? A song that expressed in the face of vicious white rage, black grief, tenacity, resilience, and joy. And here we are over a century later, and quite simply, we have not overcome. Amen? Amen. What I call whiteness, white rage, white entitlement, that sense of superiority is hardwired into our institutions and not easily shaken. We, we are who we were designed to be. The systems are doing what they do because they were designed to do what they do. Designed to disenfranchise, designed to leave out, designed to dismiss, designed to denigrate, designed to dispose of lives that were not seen to be valuable, designed to do what they do. And today, uh, February 19th, 2023, I think the question is, who are we trying to be now? Who are we trying to be now? That, I think, is an existential question with which this nation needs to wrestle. Last week, I was screaming, and I was talking long. And I don't want to scream and talk long today. <laughs> but, but I do. Yes, I was, Charles, right? But I want to say, we can't keep going this way. It does not work, right? It's broken. And how are we going to fix it? When I think about this mountaintop experience that Moses had, I mean, he was leading a people who had been enslaved. He was leading a people who had been dispossessed, dissed, disposed of, disregarded. He who had been in the house of Pharaoh, but kind of plucked out by God to go do a bold new thing on the earth, if you will. And he goes, you know, following across the wilderness with all the folks, he ends up being called by God up onto the mountain. And this mountaintop calling, God up there looking all fiery and scary, but, Mo but, but Moses up in there anyway, talking to God. This mountaintop experience transformed Moses. It transformed him. He got to be so shiny uh, that the people didn't really like him that much anymore. And they were a little bit resentful that he was selected and elected to go up and have the close encounter with the holy and come on back with the beautiful Noxima skin. Right? <laughs> Do y'all remember Nagazima? It, it, had, it had a little fade quality going on for black folks, so I, I stopped using it because I, I, I wasn't trying to be lighter anymore. You know what I'm trying to say. That's another sermon for another time. But anyway, here was Moses up on the mountaintop, all with the external, with the external, anyway, symbol of having been transformed by God. But God's intention was for Moses to go to the mountaintop and bring that transformation down to all the people, right? And you know how we are, human beings. You know, somebody's shiny and sparkly. We might not want the gift that they have to give us. Not anybody in this room. That's not our issue. That's not our issue. But in some conversations, in some rooms, people feel resentful and jealous and envious and whatnot if somebody's shiny and they're not. Again, I feel like, Natalie, we should, we should do a whole talk, you and me, Amira, on shininess and... It should be called shininess and resistance to such a thing. Wouldn't that be great? Shininess and resistance. But let's I'll do it again later. Um, so, so, so Moses does go up to the mountaintop and brings down gifts for the people, tablets of commands for the people, rules for the people, law for the people. Not, not law to make the people feel uncomfortable, but actually law to help them to feel comfortable. Law to help them learn how to relate to each other in community. And what do they do? Paul says it this way. As soon as we get a law, we try to figure out how not to do it, right? You get a law, and you be like, oh, what's that? Really, well, God didn't mean that, right? So how do you make a loophole? <laughs> God says, don't eat pork. And you're like, well, I don't think you meant ribs. Let's do it. Um, God said, don't wear mixed fabric. And, and we say, well, in 2023, you need some mixed fabric because your body is not the same. Your face ain't shiny and your body's flabby. So that, that happens as well. So anyway, all the ways that the people try to make a loophole to the law, 
because they don't understand the intention is to build community. And in fact, the law becomes the thing with which we disrupt community. Are you with me? The same law meant to give us wholeness and community is then used to kick somebody's butt because they're not doing this and put somebody out because they're not doing that and don't love the person that looks like you because you're not supposed to, like all the don't know mo's end up being from the law that God ended for good. Mountaintop moment meant to help us have community. And I can imagine there are times even when Moses himself thought his shininess and his sparkling Nagzima complexion set him apart from all the rest of the people. Because it is a human trait that sometimes we need to feel distance from one another. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel special. It makes us feel selected. It makes us feel standing out. It boosts our self-esteem. It makes us feel like we merited something that somebody else doesn't have. And pretty soon, we're making a club of all the people that are shining skin just like ours, and nobody else belongs. Are you with me? So the mountaintop moment actually descends us into a certain kind of hell, if that's what we do with it. It breaks what God intended us to be, which is to be one organism, one human family. So I see those children singing this song, um, full of faith that the dark past has brought us. I see them singing a song, standing on the strong backs of their parents, and I see them growing up in a nation in which their shininess was never acknowledged fully. And I think to myself, what is the mountaintop experience that we're actually called to have, all of us? And I think about these late night talks I have with Mama Ruby, Mama Ruby Sales, who says that there's no mountaintop experience except for the higher consciousness that we get when we understand that we are actually one people. Can I say that again? There's no mountaintop experience, Mama Ruby says, except for the higher consciousness we get when we finally come to understand that we are actually one people. For her, the mountaintop is a little Buddhist. I'm not Buddhist, but it's a little Buddhist of coming to understand the oneness of the people, of the human, that we are one organism, all of us pulsing in one direction towards surviving and thriving. This higher consciousness actually is the humility that helps us to know that I can't be who I am fully until you are who you are fully. That my hungry belly makes your stomach growl. That the child that has no clean water in Mississippi makes us all thirsty. That when a senior citizen in Appalachia can't pay her bills, none of us is fully well. The higher consciousness that Mama Ruby is talking about is Ubuntu. Now, I'm going to tease my staff. There was a time when a couple of our staff were saying, all we talk about is Ubuntu, 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 Ubuntu. What does it mean? I won't look anybody in the eye, but you know who you are. So <laughs> some, some of us were like, what does that mean, and why do we say it all the time? And I thought to myself, that's a real critique. If we can be using language that we don't fully unpack, it starts feeling kind of flat and like a patina and like a, a, a shell. Uh, so I want to talk about Ubuntu for just a few minutes as a mountaintop experience. Just to impress you, I, I learned how to say these Zulu words, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> Ubuntu, Ingabuntu, Ingabantu. You want to try it? Ngabuntu, Ingabuntu, Ingabantu is Zulu sub-Saharan African for a human is a human through other humans. There's no single word for human. There's no human. It's humans. And it is no coincidence that this language, this custom, this Zulu expression of Ubuntu comes to be in the cradle of civilization. It comes to be in sub-Saharan Africa, where all of science now proves that the human beings come from. Right? All of it. You look in the National Geographic, you look at all of the scientific literature, 
and there was a wet plain, a wet plain in which the, I don't know, the little spermy looking things turned into frogs, that turned into lizards, come on, you know what I'm talking about, and then stood up on four legs and turned into a humanoid and then turned into human. This is what, this is what evolution teaches us. And that in that plain, where if you go now to, to Namibia, if you go now to the cradle of civilization, you'll find the museum where the bones of Eve are, where the first human, the first human humans stood up out of the cave and walked into the light and were like, yo, who's going to cook? Because I'm hungry. And they started dividing up labor, okay. All right, Natalie's gonna cut. And who's gonna sing while she's cooking? Okay, Wayne, Wayne gonna sing. Deborah Wayne, all right, cool. Who's gonna watch the children? That's Laura, that's Laura Koga, okay. Why, because she's a therapist and she knows what kids do, okay. But they, they understood how much they needed each other to survive and they survived and thrived because they split up the work and they shared their resources and they acted like Jeremy's life depends on Edna's, because it did, and because it does. It does. If, if Ubuntu had sunk in, like if it didn't get to be about how shiny your skin was and whether God had picked you first, and the people, the humans, the humans kept understanding that we are one organism separated by a fake thing called skin. If it had sunk in, it could never have been that people got on ships and came to this land and discovered it. Because they would have seen the beautiful people on the land as, say it with me, human. If, if even the sub-Saharan African people didn't start feeling competitive and limited resources, and your people are not actually my people when they're actually exactly the same people, and started finding a ways for physiognomy and language to differentiate them. You're shiny or you're not that shiny. We could never have had the Atlantic slave trade because the people would have said, you can't take my brother from his land if If it had remained true that my life and your life have to flourish at the same time, or nobody's flourishing, I don't know. Those little black kids wouldn't have had to sing Stony the Road We Trod, Bitter the Chastening Rot, felt in the days when hope unborn had died because their hope wouldn't have had to die on the stony road that was American chattel slavery's legacy. I just think our hearts need to break a little bit more for each other. I just think, middle, our particular spiritual gift of knowing how to hang out in the same room with each other this long every Sunday and all week long in community to walk past the white space, past the Chinese space, past the Dominican space, past the African space to this synagogue to sit in a room with people who don't look like you and don't always think like you and to have your black pastor with their dreadlocks flying talk about racism almost every Sunday. <laughs> and some <laughs> I just think, I just think the real mountaintop moment happens when we search our souls and we say, I see you, which is what the Zulu people say, Sabona, I see you. Salbona, I see you. And the response is, Sincona, with a click that I can't do. Sincona, I exist. You see me into existence. I see you into existence. I see you in your 
incompleteness and gorgeousness, in your struggling and winning, in your falling down and getting up, and you see me as your sister doing the same, this is how we will heal this nation of, of racism. This is how we will rediscover Ubuntu as a spiritual practice. This is how, this is how we earn over and over again the recognition the King Center gives us of being beloved community. We can heal this world of what's broken. But in order to do it, we have to recognize our own power. It starts with us. It starts with us. It starts with choices we make. It starts with books we read. It starts with what we share and what we don't share. It starts with consuming, participating in each other's stories, blues and jazz and poetry. American classical music is blues and jazz. American classical music. It, it, it starts with swimming in the, in the river with each other. It's, it starts with empathy because we actually know each other's stuff and we decide that it's, we're curious about it and it's fascinating and we're gonna keep on listening to it. I cannot tell you how important it is to me that you are who you are. It just blows my mind. It blows my mind. The Mexican-American musician making all the gospel sounds happen, John. <laughs> That's Ubuntu. Look at that choir. Stand up for me, choir. I used to direct the gospel choir at Princeton Theological Seminary. We could never get our white people to clap on beat. But we tried, I'm just saying, you are leaps and bounds, okay? They were, they were like, and. <laughs> but, but, we had, but we had good sounds. That's Ubuntu. People worry about appropriating culture or do we celebrate culture? It's Ubuntu when the multi-ethnic church celebrates Asian American heritage in May. That, that's Ubuntu. It's Ubuntu. It's Ubuntu when our staff is diverse. It's Ubuntu when we value, you all don't know Mira yet, but we value that we hired an international multi-ethnic woman who's lived in many continents and who brings lenses, therefore, from many cultures to bear on the work that she's doing. That's Ubuntu. That's Ubuntu. It's Ubuntu when black women run this house, damn it. It's Ubuntu. Come on now. <laughs> and you are, you are, you are the Ubuntu people. You know, you know, that's why you're here. That I can't be fully who I'm called to be until you're fully who you are. That's why you're here, with your shiny Nagzima complexion, <laughs> having been lit from inside by Holy Spirit. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And we are here for all of us to make an anti-racist world in which no matter who we love, or how we love them, or how we look, or how we make a living, or whether we call God God, or love, or what's his name, or what's her name, or nothing at all, because God doesn't really care. That's why we're here. This is the mountaintop. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Oh, wait, no, it's not morning anymore. <laughs> Good afternoon. I hope that everyone is doing well today. I am very happy to be doing the Join the Movement this afternoon. If you are new or have been here a couple of times, either in person or virtual, you're probably wondering, why should I be part of the movement? Let me help you out. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Anthony Ellis, and my pronouns are he, his, and him. I serve as an usher, as well as help out with the youth ministry here. <laughs> also, I am an educator, I'm a teacher. <laughs> and I am a true advocate for social justice. When I walked through the doors of Middle for the very first time five years ago, I was looking for a church that I can consider home. And when I say home, I really mean is that I can also serve my own church community. I also wanted to be at a place where they welcome everybody and not to post judgment on anyone. To be honest with you, I used to be part of a conservative church community. When I was in college and even up to 2018, I was part of those Christian organizations that threw shade on those that didn't live up to their beliefs. My previous church that I attended taught about homophobia and Muslims and how that we needed to reject those people. It didn't focus anything on helping those who are oppressed by the system. I started very feeling very uncomfortable, like if that I was in a Jordan Peele movie, get out. <laughs> I know a lot of people have seen that movie. And that's what I exactly did. I packed up my things and I got out. <laughs> That following Sunday, as I was walking in the neighborhood, I walked into Middle Church to try it out. What I noticed, that Middle was no ordinary church. First, everyone is welcomed, and we did not post judgment on anyone. As I took my seat, I noticed there was a mixture of black, white, Latino, LGBTQ, Asian, Jewish, Indian, and other races sitting together. Secondly, I noticed that, the church, that Middle Church focuses on engaging community to dismantle racist, classics, sexist, and any other systems of oppression. That is something as, an, as me, as an advocate myself, that I truly believe in. I knew at that time, 2018, that middle place I can consider as my home church. A couple months later in May, I decided to join the movement. Since then, I have assisted with the middle church, the butterfly ministry, and over the past summer, I worked with both teens and the young people in freedom school. So I've been keeping myself busy. So if you're still thinking about joining this movement, let me say this. Everybody is welcome here. It doesn't matter what race, what gender, or religion that you are. We are a church that is multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergeneration movement of spirit and justice, powered by fierce revolutionary love and room for all. And we are always looking for more people to join us in the movement. If you believe in tearing down those barriers that, are, that have been suppressing all of us for many centuries, then join us by, joining, by going to middlechurch.org slash join to become a member. 
I will also remind you that this movement and love and justice cannot happen without your financial support. If we want to continue to serve those who are oppressed, then we need your financial support. You can scan the QR code on the screen for Venmo or go online to middlechurch.org donate to give online and complete the three-year pledge to Middle Rising campaign on the website. You, you are the ones that help keep this movement going. Thank you so much for your time.
Bless these gifts, O God, to be used for thy will and purpose in fierce revolutionary love. Amen. Amen. Y'all know the good Reverend Doctor had to run on out, so I'm gonna benedict us. That's all right. <laughs> what is the mountaintop experience that we've all been called to? That we finally understand that we are all one people. That's it. It starts with us. A human is a human through other humans. I am in you, and you are in me, and we are in God. We are here for all of us. The challenge is, how do you put that into practice? And so may you go into this Lenten season with that charge. The next 40 days, I hope prayerfully we'll see you for Ash Wednesday, either online or in person. And that maybe that's the, the practice you pick up is your mountaintop experience. How are you a part of that? Go with God. Amen. Amen. Amen.